You're listening to Door and Window Discussions, the official podcast of Door and Window Market Magazine, where each month we open new insights into the industry's latest news and host discussions with some of its most interesting people. DWM is the only business-to-business publication that's devoted exclusively to coverage of the full door and window industries, with a circulation that's audited by BPA Worldwide. And now, let's talk doors and windows. I'm Drew Vass, editor of DWM Magazine, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Taffer, the magazine's publisher. We made some changes to today's podcast. With everything going on, we thought it was important to make the coronavirus the sole topic. We want to tell you specifically how door and window companies are faring in light of the nation's events. And we will tell you what the Department of Labor is suggesting when it comes to the workplace. We'll also talk to the CEO of one of the nation's largest door and window companies about the plans his company has put into place and what he expects. But first, let's look at some of the stats that we updated right before taping this on the morning of Wednesday, March 18th. These come from the Center for Systems Science and Engineering at Johns Hopkins University, by the way. They have a great website that really puts it front and center. So the total confirmed cases worldwide, 203,529. In China, it's 81,102. And in the U.S., 6,496. Total deaths worldwide, 8,205. In China, 3,241, and here in the U.S., 114. Now, total recovered worldwide, 82,107. In China, 69,755. And in the U.S., 17. So one place of particular interest to those of us in the fenestration industry, Germany, let's talk about those numbers, 10,082 confirmed cases, which has gone up pretty drastically, like most here lately, 26 deaths and 73 recovered. So in between updates, those numbers, they went up exponentially. goes without saying you have to check every day, if not several times a day. But the good news is they flattened out in China. Yes. Where the virus is believed to have started. And the, the one number that seems to be almost irrelevant and... I don't need to explain that, I guess, but is recovered, don't you think? Yeah, that number, I think for the U.S., was it 17? That's definitely um, that's definitely a low number, which is why we're putting all the precautions into place that we are. Yeah, we'd like to see that number go up. You just have to wonder how, if that one is measured as accurately as all of the others, perhaps. Right. I don't know. But it goes without saying that the outbreak has changed the way we work, more or less immediately and in some cases, totally. For our company, we've gone to telework status, which should allow us to do business as usual, right? More or less. Yep. But of course, those of us with children out of school have those issues to face we were just sitting here talking about before we were recorded, right? Right. And I mean, remember, we're not in a manufacturing environment or an installation environment like many of our, you know, listeners and our readers are. So it's easy for us to, you know, work from home. But we know that you all have so many challenges. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my heart goes out to the people who do work in those settings. We're very fortunate and to have the sort of job that you can do from home, you right? Know, if you if need be, and I think that a lot of people are in that boat. So we're lucky. Yes, we are. And um, 
the Department of Labor did release a statement about some workplace guidelines that we can all follow. Um, the very first thing that OSHA makes clear is that companies can use their current strategies for the flu, but with some added precautions because of the differences in how that spread. Um, you just gathered a lot of that from a report about what OSHA is recommending, right? I think that's on our website actually right now. I did. Yeah, it's going up right now. So um, I wouldn't say there there was anything radical in there, you know, a lot of it was, I think, what you might consider common sense, like hand washing and those sorts of things. We all know those. But, right. But let's take a look at some of it. So they explained that this is different, like you said, from flu pandemics and, um, you know, so it's to be treated differently. Common sense measures, the hand washing, and then the key, the key distance that they put out was six feet. And it seems like a lot of people have already kind of plugged into that. We're breaking that rule right now, by the way. We are. But um, six foot distance between workers and whenever possible. And then some things like staggering work shifts. Um, the idea that, you know, bringing as few people into the workplace at once as possible, overlapping them as little as possible. And then there were some things in there that you might not consider. So having, for instance, holding quarantine areas and not just quarantine areas for people who suddenly have onset of symptoms at work. But um, I, I would not have thought of this, but having two areas. So you have this is this is allergy season, right? So there's going to be a lot of coughing, sneezing and so forth. It's hard to tell those those apart. But in cases where you're pretty sure that someone, you know, they have the specific symptoms and you think, okay, this this looks right, you put them in one area. But if there's someone who has, let's just say they have an upset stomach or they just have, they're worried about it, they have some onset of uh, symptoms, you would put them in a different area because you don't want to risk putting them in the same place. Wow. Anyhow, I would not have thought about that. And then one more thing that I, I found kind of surprising was they warned against requiring doctor's notes, which if you think about it, makes perfect sense because the point that OSHA made was doctors are so busy. I mean, they're doing drive-through testing and, and so forth. They don't have time to stop. So you don't want to make your employees go into the doctor and get exactly. a note. Exactly. And they may not be able to at right. that. So exactly. if you require it. Yeah. Um, and it was reassuring to see them clarify that they don't believe it's spread by contact over items and surfaces, or at least not as much. That's right. Yeah. And then that is, I mean, to some degree, that is nice to hear. In the end, probably the toughest language I saw in the, the report that they published or the suggestions that lack of continuity planning, and I'm reading their exact words here, lack of continuity planning can result in a cascade of failures. And I thought, gosh, I mean, that's startling and that's that language is startling and yeah. really think about it like that's what we're aiming for as a nation not just as individual workplaces right right so now obviously this is affecting our industry in so many ways the dealers manufacturers um you know those of us who work in offices like this so let's talk now about how this is affecting door and window dealers so there's actually a group on facebook called um door and window installers i'm a member of that so i just went in yesterday morning and said hey you know can you just tell me are people canceling jobs um oh my gosh by this morning there was at least there was more than 40 comments on the post the answer is well it's kind of a mixed bag but yes it's definitely affecting jobs. Um, there's actually a story about this on our website right now. You can go to dwmmag.com and find that. 
Um, here's one comment from Thomas Wepner from Great Lakes Home Renovations in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Um, he says his call center um, had 19 cancellations yesterday. Mm. Um, they're, expect, they're experiencing call hangups. Some customers have, you know, chewed them out for even trying to schedule an appointment. But, you know, he, he definitely says, I get it. Um, the house is their safety zone. They don't want to risk their family's safety. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's saying that we need to ensure our workers can keep working and support their families. And you found some really interesting ways that dealers are finding around those issues, right? Yes, there was one dealer. Um, I don't know if I have it at my fingertips here, but again, it's in the story. But he was saying that they're doing virtual appointments. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him, you know, what they're using for that. And he said that they're using Zoom. Um, to do virtual appointments, so that was great. And um, you know, on the flip side, there there was one person who commented last night and said he's 50 jobs behind. Um, he wouldn't tell me where he was located. He mm-hmm. didn't want you know people stealing his business. But there was definitely um, there was another one. Mike Johnston said, "I'm working 12 to 16 hours a day to keep up. Not any new calls this week. I ran eight estimates over the weekend." Um, just a lot of comments. There was uh, Jimmy Glazer in Boston. He said, um, you know, as we all know, a lot of these window door companies also sell other products such as siding. He sold a siding job in Boston yesterday, but then an hour later they shut down construction in the city. So now he couldn't pull a permit. Um, So these are just definitely real, you know, this is what's happening out there. That's on the ground. Yeah. And some people are saying they do expect it to get worse. one thing, but, so backing up to Zoom, and just for those of you who don't know or are unfamiliar, Zoom is just a, a web-based and app-based uh, system for teleconferencing, for video conferencing. And there are so many tools like that out there. We're certainly not sponsored by Zoom. Right. But, uh, you know, just to mention, just to clarify, since there are people who are probably going to be hunting down those options. And what an interesting thing. It makes you wonder if, and it goes without saying it is, forcing a lot of us to think of different ways to do things. So there's some innovations. And I think you could pose the question some in some ways, is it forcing us to do things we should have already considered? You know? Right, right. Our online appointments. Mm-hmm. I bet you, this would be interesting to know, I bet you there's some companies out there who already have those in place because, you know, some people really are... They're web-based, right? Largely. And they, or, and, or maybe they don't want someone coming into the home, or you know, an mm-hmm. elderly person, or an older person, you know, whatever. So many people so, prefer that to begin with, right? Right. So it's a good option to have anyway. And I don't know off the top of my head if this company already had that in place or not, but that would be another interesting topic too, and maybe something for you all out there to think about, and you know, maybe put into place. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that's what's happening on the dealer side. Yeah. So that's dealers and and what they're experiencing on the ground, but. Now we want to bring in Jeff Jackson, president of PGT Innovations, to talk about this topic of postponed jobs and and those sorts of things, but also to talk about how he's preparing his workers in all of their plants, so more on the manufacturing side. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So Jeff, we just finished hearing about how dealers and installation contractors are dealing with the effects of the coronavirus in the field. So just tell us what things you have put into place at PGT um, to protect your workers. Maybe take it from the, um, we'll talk about the dealers, but maybe take it from the manufacturing plants first. Sure, Uh, right away we put it together a task force uh, with representatives from all departments, from manufacturing to HR to even accounting 
just to see uh, and start monitoring what was coming out of the uh, Center for Disease Control, as well as the World Health Organization and, and OSHA. Uh, all of them were issuing various uh, guide, guidelines and directives. We were, you know, we monitor that, and then that group actually meets daily. We're meeting today at 11 o'clock, actually, or 11 a.m., and, uh, and we discuss uh, any new developments. Uh, out of that group, uh, what we decided early on, and we sent out communications to all our dealers, our suppliers, and our employees, we decided early on really to, just to do the standard, what, what most companies are doing. Uh, by the way, is postpone all our company uh, scheduled events and gatherings. Uh, we canceled all the non-essential uh, business travel uh, and any kind of external uh, meetings we're trying to hold by conference, via conference call, right. or mm. our, our, our podcast. Uh, and then uh, we restricted any kind of uh, people coming to the plant, uh, unnecessary visitors. We have, we have schools that will come in and want to do plant tours, uh, you know, civic groups that will want to come in and do plant tours. We just kind of cancel all external visitors' uh, access to the facilities for now. Uh, and uh, we set up uh, hand sanitizers. Uh, we doubled the amount. We, we've always had hand sanitizing stations, uh, you know, located throughout the plant. We, we doubled the amount that we had set up. And, of course, we're starting to uh, clean uh, more consistently, I would say, every hour, uh, cleaning the uh, high traffic areas, you know, where people put their hands, whether it's, you know, elevators, front doors, bathroom doors, uh, stair rails, that, that, that kind of thing. So from the manufacturing uh, side, are you still um, working on a regular schedule? Yes, yeah, we are. Uh, we, we worked on a regular schedule. Most of the individuals are now wearing gloves, you know, sent, uh, rubber gloves that uh, help uh, in terms of spreading any, any uh, issues. Uh, we do clean the floor as well. Uh, each each group come, comes in at the start of their shift, they clean their specific area and, uh, you know, anywhere from keyboards that they touch to, uh, you know, welding machines that they, they, they may touch. And do uh, you, sorry, do you have a plan in that you have put into place, I'm assuming, for, you know, what if, God forbid, somebody finds out that they test positive for the virus? Um, what what's your plan then um, as, as opposed to maybe they work next to somebody on the line? I know we've talked about all that here and we have a plan in place. I was just wondering um, what you guys have thought of. And has that happened to you? Sure. No, it, one, luckily it hadn't happened. Uh, but two, we do have plans in place in case it does. Uh, basically, what we'd encourage people to do is, you know, if they have any kind of uh, symptoms, a fever, uh, feeling bad, you know, uh, flu-like symptoms, to uh, contact the Sarasota Memorial Hospital. That's the kind of the, the center that you can actually get tested. Uh, we do have an on-site clinic that's free to our employees, but we don't want necessarily people going to the clinic uh, if, they're, if they do think they have the virus. What, what we have is a virtual triage, so we set up a phone number. So when an employee is sick or feels, feels uh, uh, bad, they call the, the number. A uh, registered nurse will talk to them, walk them through their symptoms. And if they, they think there's something the clinic can help, you know, uh, aller, it's allergy season, so, so maybe right. their allergies bother them, you know, they'll go into the clinic. If, if the uh, uh, registered nurse thinks that, uh, hey, this could be a potential case and you should go get tested, then, then they will uh, uh, guide them to go get tested at the Sarasota Memorial Hospital uh, facility at this point. Now, testing locations are increasing. You know, Florida is getting a lot of the test kits sent down to the state now. And so uh, there's much more opportunity to get tested than there was even a week ago. 
but but right now that's kind of our protocol if someone is feeling bad we encourage them to stay home call into our clinic do the virtual triage if uh, you know there is an issue that the nurse will handle it from there and you have HIPAA rules so you got to be careful of how you you know talk to people in, in, in terms of knowing who uh, is sick but if an individual does come back positive uh, obviously they're going to be quarantined according to the uh, Center for Disease Control uh, guidelines 14 days and then we will identify those individuals who worked around them within a six-foot radius and quarantine them as well we will uh, you know require them to uh, be quarantined and you know to be honest we just because of financial hardships of that the company's going to pay for that uh, it's not really their fault, so to speak, uh, that, that they happen to get quarantined by working around somebody that, that may have tested positive. So that's, that's kind of the plan from a, a reaction in terms of, you know, if somebody does get test positive, uh, they stay out for 14 days. We internally identify the folks that they've been around uh, and they're on their line, for instance, if it's manufacturing, and we will send that line home. We'll sanitize the line. We have foggers as well as you see on TV. We haven't had to use those yet. But... Uh, we, you know, we'll sanitize the line and then uh, restaff it with another crew, uh, basically. And, and while those individuals are quarantined for the 14-day period, like I said, PGT is, is going to be paying their salaries. So uh, that's kind of the uh, uh, process. We have had no uh, uh, indication of any, uh, uh, you know, sickness or virus whatsoever, other than the standard. Again, it's, it's pollen season, it's allergy season. So we, we, you know, our clinic's busy with that kind of stuff, but. But we have had no indications uh, thus far of any kind of issues. And those things certainly make it tricky. Um, you know, Tara was just sharing with us how window dealers told her that jobs are being postponed and some canceled. Uh, and they're being creative in what they're doing to work around those situations. They're doing consultations via video conferencing and those sorts of things. What are you seeing on the retail side, you know, especially just taking into account that the acquisition of New South, um, you know, what what pertains there? What are you seeing on the sales side and the in-home side, especially? Sure, that's a good question. Yeah, we're in all three channels. Uh, you know, we're in the big box with, with uh, at-home services and Home Depot. Uh, we're in, in the special order group. We're in the, uh, obviously, our dealer distributor bank network throughout Florida, and, and we have dealers and distributors in Arizona, California, with our Western brand in, in the Texas. Uh, and then we do with the New South acquisition that we closed in January. We, we are now retail and we're direct to the homeowner, the end user. Uh, in all three locations, we're handling it uh, a little bit different, but kind of the same. We're trying to one make sure we limit uh, contact, uh, uh, unnecessary contact uh, with individuals. Uh, in our dealer base, for instance, uh, some of the dealers have sent out requests that you know. Uh, phone calls versus in-person sales meetings uh, to close deals, you know, uh, meeting at the site versus meeting at the location and driving over together. You know, simple, you know, kind of uh, kind of simple things to do in terms of just staying more uh, isolated uh, in terms of exposure to each other. Um, in terms of the in-home sales presentations, we have had some people uh, that, that are worried about, you know, people coming into their house um, and, uh, you know, uh, that we can do online, uh, and we've got an online option to walk somebody through a presentation of whether or not to, you know, purchase impact windows on the, under the new South brand. Uh, and then the installation of that, you know, in terms of scheduling it, there have been some 
push backs or push outs. I mean, I'm like across across channels uh, for, from you know Home Depots to the uh, to the dealer uh, distributor network and also to the in retail person. Uh, but not a ton. I mean, not not a ton yet. Again, last week was the first kind of uh, you know week when a lot of news came out. You know, the president came on. Uh, a lot of the, the governors started doing various things in different states. So I think we're starting this week to kind of feel the the effect of that. So it's still early on. I mean, it's Wednesday. Yeah. I think yesterday the governor uh, of Florida announced the bars were closing as of five o'clock and would be closed for the next several weeks. Uh, schools are, are extending their school closings. You know, this week was uh, spring break. This week and last week, depending on what school uh, district you're in, was spring break here in Florida. And so uh, it was announced that, you know, they're going to extend that another two weeks. So at this point, uh, you, you know, that's probably the biggest hardship uh, right now for, for my folks is just those that uh, have their kids in school, they come to work, and now uh, if school's not going to be in, school's like a daycare. Uh, you know, if their kids mm-hmm. are in school, they, they work. So when school's out, they don't have a place to stay. So uh, we're getting a, a lot of concern uh, amongst the factory workers about uh, the ability to, uh, you know, or the need to now stay home with their kids and, and, and their jobs. One one thing we've done right off the bat in order to relieve that kind of stress is guaranteed the job. So if you have to stay home for, you know, the next whatever, two weeks, three weeks with your kid, because this, this is an evolving situation, as you guys know. I mean, they right. may extend the closures. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But one thing we do know is we can guarantee them a job when they get back. So so we've uh, we've uh, waived any kind of issues around uh, them losing a job because they have to stay out uh, for an extended period of time uh, due to, due to childcare, and uh, we're currently looking at uh, bridging that gap because a lot of I have a lot of factory workers. We have 3,500, I think 3,400 employees uh, company wide. Um, most of those individuals are factory uh, workers. Uh, working on the floor, building windows, or delivering uh, uh, our windows and doors via the trucks, and and then purchasing and distribution. So uh, you, you can imagine being out a couple of weeks is a financial burden uh, to the average American, and that's oh, what yeah. uh, you're going to see across the economy is the financial hardship that's going to be placed on, I'd say, at least half of, of Americans that that uh, you know live in that uh, you know really almost paycheck to paycheck, but for sure. Uh, they don't have a lot of savings that they can just stay out a month. If they right. Have to. And I, I do have to applaud you for the things that you have put into place there to still take care of your workers. Um, that's really great to hear. And you just said something that made me think you talked about daycare. Did PGT or do you still have did you at one time have a daycare facility? We do. You do have we one. Do have a, we, we built a daycare center. We contracted with the YMCA to run it because we're not daycare specialists. Uh-huh. We build stores. Right. So they run it. We have, I think we have 95 kids or, or something like 90, maybe 99 kids or something like that. Wow. Over there. Um, That's more quite than an half operation. PGT, yeah, more than half are PGT kids. Uh, it is open to the public as, as well if, if we can't fill it with our internal kids. And I do know some of the public uh, kids are in there as well. Uh, so we, we probably fill about 65%. 70% of that daycare well, right now. The reason I ask about that is how is that, is that still open with schools being closed? As of today, yes. And that, it's funny, we we're just literally talking about that. It's going to be a topic at our 11 o'clock task meeting. Uh, you know, we were working with the YMCA, YMCA to keep that open. We, we want to keep that open. Again, it just puts a burden on our folks here. 
uh, if it gets closed. So, so right now, yes, that's still open. Okay. That's, that's what it's really come down to, right? It's a daily meeting, and I'm, I'm guessing it probably takes place in the morning for most folks, but trying to figure out what is the current status and how do we react to it. But it is a day-to-day thing, right? Yeah, it definitely is. And again, just this week, the you know, again, the extension of the spring break, people had a week planned, but now all of a sudden they got to find two weeks because they extended the, you know, the, the spring breaks. So that just happened. And, you know, that could happen again next week if, if it, you know, things don't change. So it is a day-to-day kind of uh, assessment. And, uh, you know, again, the Florida, we got 21 million people in Florida. This, uh, this is our main market. Obviously, I got operations in Phoenix, Arizona as well. You know, they sell into California and Texas and Colorado and all out west. But uh, my main business is in Florida. And uh, I want to say maybe just under 200 cases has been identified in the whole state, you know, out of 21 million people. So, so it's really hard to overreact early on. You just got to be precautious. And, you know, take, take, take uh, you got to be cautious and take uh, the measures to make sure we're doing what we can do to stop any kind of uh, spread. I can tell you, I, and, you know, this is what I think, and I've said, to, said it to everyone. We started out uh, this whole you know, virus scare, if you will. We started out this this pandemic with well over 3,000 healthy folks. And, you know, I'm just telling everybody, ultimately we're going to get through it together with, you know, 3,000 plus healthy folks at the end. So it's just a matter of, of working our way through it. Yeah, well, Jeff, thanks for weighing in and for sharing what your company's doing. I think the more we share this sort of information, the better in these times. Um, you know, I'm sure that others are looking in and you're probably talking to your peers about how to deal with it. So the more of that happens, the better. Yes, thank I you am. so and much. I would, also encourage, I would also encourage you all when you're talking to other, um, you know, manufacturers or, or whatever, the, the burden it's going to place on our hourly folks is going to be tremendous. Uh, at times, I don't think, you know, again, uh, people in Washington can see that or, you know, the, based off their decisions. But it will be tremendous, so I would encourage people to think outside the box. Uh, I know we're going to provide bridge loans to all our folks for daycare. You know, if they can't come in for four weeks, they still have to have a check. We're going to somehow get them a check, uh, maybe in the form of a you know a no interest loan, and they can pay it back over a several year period. But but we're going to get uh, somehow take care of everybody financially uh, through this process. And I would encourage all the manufacturers to kind of step up, and make sure. They take care of their folks. Yeah, definitely great advice. And thank you so much again for joining us. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. So speaking of taking care of our workers, let's talk about travel and how this is affecting um, trade shows. Pretty much every one of them. You aren't kidding. I mean, in addition to working from home, that's been, well, a major impact for us, yes. for sure. And of course, the big one being the postponement of Finsterbau. We talked about the numbers in Germany and what that looks like. And they, they kind of seemed, Germany that is, seemed kind of early in their analysis. And I know that the German chancellor came out and said that it could affect up to, what, it was like 70%. She did, 70%. And that that seemed to kind of coincide with the decision to push Fensterbaut back to June. Mm-hmm. And right now that's, that's the plan, right? And that seems to be the cutoff, I think. Anything that's scheduled for June or later, people are sticking to it. Yeah, I'm still, honestly, I think a lot of people are wondering how that all is going to play out. Um, 
some of the, it's a little surprising that decision until June, especially mm-hmm. what's happening right now. And we are seeing the effects of that. We are seeing some um, Roto, huge exhibitor there in Germany. Yeah. Um, I've been there the last two shows. Chris is our producer has been there with us. They um, decided they're not going to exhibit. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens there. Mixed but, reviews, but it does seem that at least everyone I have interviewed has said right decision. Oh, now, definitely. Some people have said June feels optimistic to me. And it just seems to depend on how much you have hanging on the show. Right. You know? Yeah. So we'll monitor that and uh, see what happens. Yeah. Then there have been others that that have been postponed for, well, until next year. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, And I know AIA was postponed. I mean, it's every day we're getting another another one. But again, this is what you have to do right now. So It is. It's becoming a daily report almost. But And let's be honest, that list is going to get longer before this is over so so far as trade shows are concerned you know and and we're talking about our industry but let's talk about in general i found a you know a stat from the wall street journal and this was back in early march by the way that they reported this that uh across asia europe and north america around 440 had been canceled and again early march so 440 is a big number it is it is and you just did an article on that didn't you where a lot of people opened up about how all that um cancellation of trade shows everything Mm -hmm. how that's impacting their businesses yeah they did tell me a lot and not all of it can i share you know and that's that's one thing that in one way that um that coronavirus has impacted discussions about trade shows and a lot of things not everyone wants to go on record with their thoughts right and that's that's understandable because you know they're a little bit timid about the topic nobody wants to strike more fear into the situation although i think we can all agree that a healthy dose of fear and respect is needed that's becoming obvious that's been obvious but uh you know they don't want to create hype and come across as as negative so a lot of people told me that right and you know speaking of that negativity i mean we're all in bombarded by this every day and just the fact that everything is closing down i mean it it's negative it is what it is but it's you know it's hard to not get depressed about all this Mm -hmm. but um last week toward the end of last week is when a lot of stuff started coming out you know i think it was friday um a lot of our bloggers started um sending us blogs that weren't maybe they weren't even on the schedule yeah and they had really good commentary Mm -hmm. um and i wanted to um ed callaher um you can go on our website find all of our bloggers um, a lot of them have written about the coronavirus and Ed's was particularly good. Kind of made me like, okay, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. He talked about how the industry got through 9-11. Um, and it was definitely like the positive that I needed, you know, yeah, at that too. time. So they've definitely been... Um, they've been prolific. And they've, they they've, I think that's because people feel inspired to share. You know, right. a lot of these guys want to sit down and write Right. Because they have something to say or they have thoughts that they feel are of value, can be of value. Couldn't agree with you more about Ed's. I mean, if you haven't read it, everyone should go and read it. And with 9-11, you know, you mentioned how it impacted the industry. His company was just getting started. Yeah. He had, he talks about how he had employees, he had payroll going, bills coming in, loans running out. And um, the fax machine, because that's, that's how he received orders back then, right? Just stopped. And it it just, it scared him. But guess what? Later, that fax machine started. And that's something we've also been hearing a lot about, how when things come around, it could be a really abrupt 
restart mm-hmm. and a huge surge of demand, he experienced that. And then it kind of takes you back to what that one dealer said. He said, I get it. I get that the homeowner doesn't want us in their home. Like totally understandable, but I still, you know, if there's creative things that we can do, do these online, you know, Zoom meetings, consultations, like they would like to still try to keep things going, still, you know, pay their employees. So there's all these things at play. There are. Yeah. And Chris and I were just talking about from that from that point of view, there's a lot that can happen. We don't know. Surely it's you know, it's hard to cast a, a positive light on any of this. And it's kind of speculative to do so in a lot of cases. But you have certain things like everyone's going to have to get creative. And if those dealers and installation contractors can be creative enough and keep the ball rolling, there's some things that can happen. Like, for instance, clearing up that backlog on the installation side, which will help us, you know, have a smoother start once things get going again. And then there's the labor market. You know, I just heard this morning on on my drive in that unemployment could reach 20 percent. Well, that just about knocks you out of your chair and scares right. you to death. But yeah. then you think there's also opportunity there. You know, we're in an industry that has been suffering from a lack of people. Definitely. So it's a chance to give people who really need jobs now jobs. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but I mean, as you all know, this is a rapidly evolving story. Um, we've made references to a lot of articles today that we've, yeah. we're definitely covering this. So just always go to dwmmag.com. We have a lot of stories on this. We'll continue to cover it. And hopefully some of what we shared today helps you in your businesses um, in, you know, as we go through this in the weeks ahead. Yeah. And above all, stay safe. So we'll talk to you again in April for our next podcast. Yep. Thanks Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.